Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Now, we are the only animals not created for dominance. Um, We took a trip to Africa. We spent three weeks in the bush in Africa about 12 or 14 years ago. And every animal group in Africa, every animal group, one, you know, one of them dominates the other. That's just simply the way they're made. But when God created mankind in Genesis 2, there's never a reference to one being over the other. That's the way God created them. And in Ephesians 5, when the roles of marriage are explained in Ephesians 5, it begins in verse 21 by saying, submit to one another in the fear of Christ. And then it tells women how to submit, and then it tells men how to submit. Karen and I never discuss who the boss of our marriage is because the boss of our marriage is Jesus Christ. But when we began in marriage, I dominated Karen. I had a very dominant personality. And because of that, we had no intimacy. We had a horrible marriage. Uh, we had Everything I'm going to describe here was Karen and me early in our marriage. But we, we learned to overcome it. We learned to disarm it. And now we have a wonderful marriage where we share everything together. Let me, let me give you a definition of dominance when I talk about this. It means disproportionate control of the relationship and those elements common to the relationship, like children, like money, those types of things. It means someone, someone has more stock than the other person. If there's a company and you both have 50% of the stock, and that's a good marriage. In a, in a dominant marriage, someone has more stock. In fact, sometimes someone has all the stock. And 100% of the decisions are made by one person. If you can picture a dollhouse uh, and you crank the lid back on a dollhouse and you're looking down into a dollhouse, a, a, a good family, you know, a, a functional family, what you'll see is you'll see two big rooms in this house. And, the, and that's mom and dad. Mom and dad have the same size rooms. And then when children are born, they really don't have a room. They don't really get to say anything related to the family. As they get older, we may talk to them about where we go on vacation or where we go out to eat tonight or something like that. And then the older a child gets, we're, we're trying to help them to grow up as a responsible adult. So we give them a little bit more voice in the family. So they have a room and, you know, they get 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Their room grows. It never gets nearly as big as our room. But then when they're 18, we kick them out of the house because they get real opinionated. <laughs> and so, we, you know, we, we want them to leave at that point. You know what I'm talking about. So, but, but that's a healthy child. A healthy child has, gets a voice in the family. Uh, the older they get, they get a voice never to rival our room. And mom and dad's room are always the same size. When you look into a dysfunctional family, what you'll see is a big room. A room that's bigger than everybody else's. Okay. Now, dominance is gender neutral. There is as many dominant men as are women. Okay. About half and half. So it's, it's not a male thing. It's not a female thing. It's just a human thing. So you look down in this house and there's a big room and the other spouse has a smaller room and, and the kids have small rooms. Now, in a really dysfunctional family, the kids have the biggest rooms. And there are families where the kids run the family. Okay, and that's the worst that you can possibly have. But, but in marriage, when we talk about dominance, there are three basic ways that dominance is exercised. It's manipulation, intimidation, or domination. Now, I dominated Karen, somewhat intimidated her because I was verbally abusive. 
manipulation, intimidation, domination. Here, here's how it manifests uh, when people are being dominant. Guilt, shame, uh, punishment for resistance or challenge. I'm going to punish you if you don't do what I want. Threats of divorce, affairs, self-harm, force of personality, controlling spirit, refusal to receive input, nagging, abuse, those types of things. And so control is what we're talking about. Control is exhibited in, in different forms. There are three basic types of dominance, and that is there's global dominance, and that is one person controls everything. There's selective dominance where a spouse might not control everything, but they control the money. They control the children. They control the home or, or whatever like that. Uh, and then there's seasonal dominance. There might be times under stress or times when you're fighting in the marriage that you, know, you take control of something that you wouldn't normally uh, be control of. Now, let me show you this. This is interesting. I've done this all over the world to many thousands of people. I'm going to ask you two questions. And I want, you, I want you to respond by raising your hand if, if you agree with what I'm saying. And, but I want you to look around. I want you to look around at the group and I want you to see the number of hands that go up. How many of you were raised in a home where one of your parents was clearly dominant over the other parent? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hands up. This happens all over the world. Look around, look around. Look at all the hands that are up. Okay, I've got my hand up. Okay, because one of my parents was. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you believe the ones that raised your hands, how many of you believe that that dominance had a negative effect on your parents' marriage and the family in general? Raise your hands. Look around. Every hand went back up that I can see. Every hand. All over the world. 70%. It's about 70% of any group, when you ask them that question, 70% of the hands immediately go up. People don't have to say, oh, let me think about that. You know, let me... You know, you know that you know that one of your parents dominated the others. Now, one day maybe your children will be in one of my seminars. I'm going to ask them that question. <laughs> what would they say? Okay. I want to go back and I want to say it just doesn't work. God didn't create us that way. It wasn't the original design for marriage. In fact, when Adam and Eve fell, that's when dysfunction and control came into the human race and God cursed Eve and said, you're going to try to control your husband, but he will dominate you. There's going to be a fight for dominance. And thank God that that curse can be removed in Jesus Christ. That we can remove that curse from our relationships. It's all over the world. It's all, it's all over the world in marriages. But here's the dangerous dynamic of, of dominance. First of all, it always creates damage. It always creates damage. It never works. If it worked, it'd be great. It just doesn't work. It certainly didn't work for Karen and me. In 1998, uh, John Gottman, University of Washington, released a study. He had 130 uh, 30 newly married couples that he studied for six years. He took this 130 couples, studied them intensely for six years. They taught them active listening. Active listening is someone says something to you and you say, here's what I heard you say. Okay. And they practiced active listening for six years. At the same time he was studying that group, he had another group that he had been watching for 13 years. And they had not been taught active listening, but he was studying this other group for 13 years. At the end of the study, with the 130 couples and the other couples that he had been tracking, he came to the conclusion that active listening doesn't work. It didn't help at all. But what they found after studying all these couples for all those years 
is the common element of success in all the couples that had good marriages was shared control of the relationship. Here's the way they put it, receiving influence from each other. To the degree that you are willing to receive influence from your spouse, both of you are, is to the degree that you will have a marriage free of dominance because dominance always creates uh, destruction. It always creates damage. And so the, the consequences of dominance, first of all, is emotional distance. You're just not gonna be close because dominance makes a man feel disrespected and a woman feel insecure. So when a man's being dominated, it emasculates him. When a woman is feeling dominated, she's feeling completely insecure, like she's not a partner in the relationship. She doesn't have any stock in the relationship. So it's always gonna create emotional distance, and it always, it always communicates disrespect. You never uh, respect a person you control. If I respected you, I wouldn't control you. When I, when I dominated Karen, I didn't respect her. I, did, I was a chauvinist. I just didn't think she was equal to me. I was raised in a family where there was a lot of chauvinism, and I had been taught that. Hey there, we are Dave and Ashley Willis with Marriage Today, and we want to continue the conversation about overcoming dominance in marriage. And this is a tough one. It really is a tough one. You know, at, at the EXO marriage conferences that we do, and we'd love to see you at one of our EXO marriage conferences around the country, Pastor Jimmy Evans, this past year at the EXO events, would ask a question during one of his talks and would say, um, how many of you grew up in a home with a dominant mother or father, one dominant sp spouse? And mm -hmm. a lot of hands went up. And he said, okay, now I want you to raise your hands again if you felt like that that dominant relationship hindered the marriage and actually had a negative impact on the family. And everybody raised their hand yeah. back up. And Jimmy was making the point that, that dominance, which isn't a gender-specific issue, it no, can be it can a dominant be man, man, it can be a yeah. dominant woman, it's, it's really a personality issue and, and a sin issue, mm -hmm. um, always has a negative impact on the marriage and the family. And it's something that we have to fight against because I think there's a temptation in every marriage, every family, for one spouse with maybe a more dominant personality right. to try to kind of bully their way into getting, getting their way. And it, it just never ends well. It's so true. You know, when you love someone, it is not equal to controlling them. In fact, you want to give them freedom. You want to see them grow. You want to see them stand on their own two feet alongside you in marriage, right? You want to be together, growing together as one unit, but not controlling, you know, one over the other. And so anytime there's manipulation going on where one spouse is really trying to manipulate and control another, that is very unhealthy. And I think sometimes if we have a manipulative spouse, you know, we kind of cave because we think we're keeping the peace. But really, when we do that, we're just becoming a doormat and we're perpetuating the problem. And so we have to stand up and we have to say, listen, you may not realize you're doing this. This is really unhealthy, and I want us to be on equal ground here. I think we need to be able to decide things together and not feel like we're trying to turn each other one way or the other. That's right. And I think we can misuse Jesus' teaching to turn the other cheek. I mean, it's important right. for us to yes. overlook offenses. But at the same time, the heart of Jesus' teaching all through the Gospels was, yes, do everything you can to be a peacemaker and a bridge builder, but he was never a doormat. No. He was willing to put up boundaries and willing to say no to people who had an agenda for him that was other than what God wanted for, for the ministry of Jesus Christ. Right. So we've got to be willing in our own marriages oftentimes to say, because I love you, I have to put up a clear boundary here. The most best expression of love right now isn't to just let you keep having your way and bully your way through the situation because it's having a negative impact in our hearts and our homes. And the biblical outline for marriage, and yes, we could talk about you know what submission means in, in, in more detail, but 
ultimately the heart of submission is that husbands and wives have to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Bible says in Ephesians. So I think a good picture of marriage is that if you imagine a bird and Christ is the head of this bird and then the husband and wife are two wings on the same bird and they have to work together in complete partnership, submitting to Christ as, as the head, in other words, for the marriage to soar. But if right. one spouse is dominating the other, it's like trying to fly with one broken wing. It, it'll never work. Your marriage will just right. go in circles. You have to find that that partnership. And it begins with this mutual respect and submission for Christ right. and then a mutual respect and submission to one another as the next step in that process. And if, if we're not willing to do that, the marriage is always going to be off balance. It's so true. I don't think we should ever feel like we're threatened in our marriage. And that's usually through intimidation. We should never feel like we need to threaten our spouse or that our spouse is threatening us. That's very unsecure and it's very uh, hateful and hurtful. And it leads to just an unhealthy dynamic. I think sometimes too, you can have one spouse that almost treats their spouse like their child and like they need to have such control over their life like they would that of a young child. But that's just not what God called us to. You know, a husband and wife are on equal ground loving God and loving one another. And and we're that cord of three strands. And in that cord of three strands, the biggest strand is God. And the other two are the, the same width and the same, you know, they're, they're the same. They're on equal ground with one another. And so we need to, we need to just submit to God and say, you know, God, help me to have my heart in the right place when it comes to my spouse. I don't want to intimidate my spouse. I don't want to feel like I'm controlling them. I want to to be with my spouse and treat my spouse the way that you want me to. And the way that God wants us to is so clear in the word that he wants us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And when we do that, there's going to be peace and there's going to be a healthy marriage. Man, that's such great advice. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So you can find us at marriagetoday.com. We'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today.